All right, folks. Um, before we start with the episode, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out uh, rest in peace to the one, the only, Mr. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, he's a great inspiration in terms of like his philosophy. Uh, I watched every show he's been a host of. Uh, I bought all of his books. I was I'm a huge fan of his writing actually. Like his writing voice is it's personal but punchy, you know, kind of like kind of gonzo in a way. So, mm-hmm. um it's really sad that he passed away and um he took his own life. So, you know, um just because you're a famous TV chef that travels the world doesn't mean you doesn't mean you don't have depression or have suicidal thoughts. So the onus probably shouldn't be on the person feeling these things to do stuff because they probably have a lot going on. So if you have mm-hmm. any friends uh, feeling, you know, suicidal, uh, try to do something nice for them. Yeah. Uh, don't or- just, you know, you know, like, hey, how's it going? Just like, you know, try to try to take their mind off of things like. I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever. Bowling, uh, go to Brighton, um, uh, watch uh, watch a movie or something. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not play video games because um, E3 no. is going <laughs> on at the moment. And um, if you read the comments on, on these reveal trailers, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's... You would think like it's the end of the world or something. Yeah. Well, it is the end of um, some people's worlds because um, video games are not just entertainment or escape for them. It's their entire identity. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, a rest in peace, uh, Anthony Bourdain. Rest in peace, man. Going to miss you. Um. All right, so we're recording this episode from the brand new Questions Like This uh, Studios, a.k.a. Laptop. But um, (laughs) settings are all weird, so the audio might be worse than usual. But hopefully it's not, because this is is one of those new Space Age uh, MacBooks. It's got got that Jetsons shit on it, so... And of course, if you're not satisfied, you know where to send the complaints. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. And uh, as promised, uh, this week we'll be talking about First Blood, the mm-hmm. the classic um, movie uh, about bullying, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's not just about bullying, but in a... I guess in a general sense, you could say it is. Yeah. It's also but, a movie about like how cops are dicks. Uh, well, what else is new? <laughs> um, yeah, First Blood is the first movie starring uh, the world-famous character John Rambo, a Vietnam That's vet right. who is troubled, who's misunderstood. And, um, you know, it's kind of weird... Uh, watching first blood and then watching the other Rambo movies. Cause it feels like the first blood is a deconstruction of all the other Rambo movies. 
It really is, even though the first one came out over 35 years ago and is dealing with the issues that are still felt today. Yeah. And uh, just before the episode started, I was uh, I was telling Alex that I thought this movie came out like right around when the Vietnam War ended, but it came out in '82, so <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. But still, it was at a time when Vietnam or the lasting effects of Vietnam were still on uh, still on everyone's mind. Yeah, it was still fresh in the uh, American psyche. Is um, I still think that the Vietnam War is a war that I guess people don't really internalize. Or, I mean, obviously it's studied, it's discussed. Uh, people talk about it. Um, there's oral history projects about Vietnam veterans, but mm-hmm. a lot of the things that happen surrounding the Vietnam War, there's there's a lot of parallels going on with um veterans of the Afghanistan war or Iraq veterans of the Iraqi war. And yeah, um, I guess if you watch the movie and if you know about how the Vietnam vets were treated in the United States when they came home, I, I guess you can kind of see where like, it seems like American culture overcorrected. Yeah. Where it's uh, where it's now, you know, um, people reflexively like up their troop worship to like one thousand percent, or like a million percent. Yeah. But back in the day, it was more like you know, like you should be ashamed of yourself for going over there, yeah. that kind of thing, or like they were called baby killer on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, which, to be fair, they they actually did in Vietnam, so they did, they did. <laughs> no, we're we're not we're not mincing words here. They actually did. Yeah, um, I forgot. Um, what is it like? The soldier who uh, took the Vietnamese uh, survivors of the My Lai massacre. I think he mm-hmm. was dishonorably d- discharged, and then only probably in like the last 10 or 15 years was that decision reversed. Yeah. So, yeah. I know I guess a cultural uh, depiction of Vietnam vets is either, um, Vietnam soldiers, I- I'd say, is either, um, well, Rambo, obviously, um, <laughs> Apocalypse Now, or uh-huh. uh, Forrest Gump. And uh, and I guess Full Metal Jacket, but yeah. uh, not to not to mention Platoon. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, I guess it's one of those wars that um, uh, I I don't even know how to say it. It's like obviously every war is complicated, but the mm-hmm. Vietnam War was really one of the wars where um, Americans as a whole realized that it wasn't something that. It wasn't there a war that they were supposed to fight. Exactly, it didn't need to happen. Yeah, and we spent the better part, like going from the uh, the Battle of the uh, Dien Bien Phu, we helped out the French by sending them supplies. We were in Vietnam for over twenty years. Yeah, um, I think that's. Um, is it still the longest uh, involvement? Yeah, right. Yeah. Wait, hang on. 
Yeah. 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 It's still the longest. Uh, well, Afghanistan it, is 17. Yeah. 17 so, years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, the U.S. has been in the, the U.S was in Vietnam for much longer than it was in World War II, Korea, uh, the Philippines, or pretty much mm-hmm. any other war that it's fought. Pretty much. And one of the symbols of the Vietnam War came this, uh, this character based off of, I, I never knew this before we started doing the review. I never knew that it was based off a book by uh, David, Mor- David Morell. Yeah, I I didn't I I didn't know that it was based on a book either. And there's significant changes between the novel and uh, the film, which we'll obviously uh, <laughs> obviously get to. But uh, it's funny. I was telling uh, Aristo right before we were filming that I saw this comment on a uh, YouTube how uh, you know like like you said Aristo, it's this film was basically a deconstruction of all the uh, other films that came after it. And this guy on YouTube, he said, uh, you know, it's very interesting to come across a film that deals with some of the effects of uh, PTSD and soldiers who went off to Vietnam. And then the next three films just became this giant conservative, patriotic, miracle wank fest. Yeah, it's it's such an unusual film, especially in like um, the context that it came out because... You know, when you think of 1980s, you think of Reagan. Yeah. And um, the next two movies that were made in the 80s were obviously generic action films. But yeah, exactly. the first Blood movie was, I don't know, it's, it, look, it feels like it's a movie that could come out now. It, it, it can. I feel like you could release this movie nowadays and millions of people would go see it and hail it as a masterpiece. Whereas, whereas like critical reaction back then was highly mixed. Yeah. Um, although I, I guess I would also say that if like a movie like this, uh, came out today, um, it will, it will like also like incense the, the Fox news grandpas and the blue lives matter profile frames (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe yeah. it should come out today. Maybe it should. Maybe <laughs> maybe it deserves a re-release. Yeah. Uh, what studio? Uh, Orion Pictures. I know you guys just came, uh, just came back. Maybe you can re-release it in theaters. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, basically, so, John Rambo, Vietnam vet. Um, mm-hmm. After being discharged, he's been, you know, walking the U.S., uh, visiting his old comrades. But in this movie, um, he finds out that quite uh, well, one in particular has died from cancer due to Agent Orange. But um, he's still traveling around. So he Mm -hmm. eventually uh, wanders into small town Washington State. Mm -hmm. But he gets... uh, he gets, uh, you know, fucked with by the sheriff who considers uh, people like him to be an unwanted nuisance. And yeah, you know, uh, a lot of Vietnam vets were treated like shit. 
and they were like, they were and they were treated like you know garbage and a lot were and are homeless um so yeah yeah and i find it find it very interesting that the whole crux of the uh, of the story is like he just wanted to go in town to get a sandwich yeah that's about uh, it but <laughs> but because you know because he had long hair because he had the uh, american flag on his uh, on his shoulder that leads the uh, ultra conservative sheriff will teasel played by brian dennehy to assume that he's a, a vagrant yeah Yeah, literally, like, he just wants to, you know, sit down at a diner and have a sandwich. But Sheriff exactly. drives him out of town. Um, you know, he's a nuisance, or he'll arrest him on vagrancy, which he eventually does. Yes. But it's like, but it's like you know, he just wanted to get a sandwich. Maybe he's feeling, I don't know, maybe he's feeling a lot of emotional strain after just finding out that his... One of his best friends passed away. Maybe he just wants, you know, to just take it easy, sit down, like, you know, soak it all in, that kind of thing. Maybe have a sandwich. But no, this guy, uh, this guy says, like, you know, like, you know, you don't belong in this town, that kind of thing. And he responds, like, you know, why are you pushing me? It's like, I didn't do anything wrong. So why are you pushing me? Yeah. And then, of course, once he's arrested, um, rest of the sheriff's department uh, continues to abuse him, leading him to get PTSD triggers and... Non flashbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, all the way back to... Uh, all the way up to, like, them trying to shave him. Um, uh-huh. And then, like, Rambo decides enough is enough and um, he overwhelms the police and then goes into the woods. That's right. That's right. He goes into the woods and essentially becomes his own uh, one-man uh, survival unit because they are literally chasing him down with automatic weapons, dogs, and and freaking helicopters. Yeah. I, also, I was kind of surprising because um, do do sheriff's departments in uh, Washington State have ready access to helicopters? I don't know. Maybe it was included in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's like, yeah. like, like it's like check checklist, uh, nightstick, badge, <laughs> uh, flashlight, car, uh, semi-automatic weapons, helicopter, helicopter. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah. You know, let's do it. Helicopter. Yeah. Well, it's, also, it's uh, surprising, I guess, because. Um, the movie takes place before the insane post nine eleven. Uh, let's just turn the police into a soldiers uh, right. type of budget. Right, like back those days, it was just like you know your average uh, average Joe Schmo, like the cop who had uh, had a little bit of a gut. He was balding yeah. and would would normally eat like fifteen twenty donuts before he would start his day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, like you know, the pre nine eleven. Let's train everyone like a freaking soldier. Yeah. Um, see, this is also why it would be like if someone was smart enough and uh, 
capable enough to make a movie with a similar theme to Rambo that like there's so much that can be done with like the militarization of police in the United States. Uh-huh. And there's so much that can be done with like the tension between uh you know like uh American public and police and where do like where where like and then there's like the sides of American society where um people feel the need to speak for the soldiers. Mhm. Yeah. But who's going to be who's going to be that brave filmmaker that like stands up to the uh to the establishment to the status quo and makes a film like that? Um Yeah, I don't know. Um Somebody has to step up. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm like you. I, w- I want to see, like, a film like First Blood released today dealing with all the the pressures and symptoms of a old veteran having PTSD and the constant struggles he, he goes through. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, there's movies like American Sniper. Um, I was gonna say, War yeah. Soldier. Uh, um, what's that? Uh, the Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. It's Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, it's like tangi- It's tangentially, you know, it, it kind of skirts around PTSD, but they don't really uh, address it or show it. No, they they really don't. Because these movies nowadays, especially movies, especially war movies, you know, regarding recent events, have leaned so much on the line of, uh, of both patriotism and nationalism that something like that couldn't possibly exist in the movie. Like they could be seen like by, uh, by conservative leaders as, have, as being incredibly weak for having PTSD. Yeah. And it's, you know, I guess... Um... It does do like a disservice to the large segment of the veteran population where um, they're they're only seen as like the perfect killing machine or otherwise they're they're portrayed as like kids who signed up and like had no idea what was going on. And then they come back like 15 years older than they actually are. Right. No, what most of these people don't realize, you know, like when people say like, you know, oh, they knew what they were getting into. No, a lot of these kids were like unwilling pawns in a game played by all these crazy politicians who just wanted to make make a profit off uh, going to war with certain countries. I mean, literally, like one veteran I know is like he, he immigrated to the U.S. from Mexico illegally, and like when he turned eighteen, I was like, "Well, fuck, I got to do something, otherwise I get deported." And then, yeah, he signed up for the Marines. Um, and then 9-11 happened and he got sent to Afghanistan. And he doesn't speak any, like, Dari or um, Farsi. Uh, so, like, he got sent to a country where they, like, he he and no one in his, like, squad could speak, like, the local language. So there's always these communication barriers. And then, of course, like, it's not illegal to own a gun in Afghanistan. So, like everyone walking around like there's a chance that they might be armed and then of course like 
if you shoot the wrong person, then the entire city block is out to get you because, well, you shot an innocent person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's like very like very few people in the military are actually like Rambo from Rambo two and three. And most of them come out like Rambo from Rambo one. Exactly. No, that's the image that most people have when they think of, you know, you know, the U.S. Army, that it's like the Rambo from Rambo two and three, the unstoppable killing machine that, you know, like he has his shirt off. He has the uh, (laughs) like the machine gun strapped around his shoulder, firing, screaming at the top of his lungs. It's like, no, that's not what war is. That's somebody's fantasy of what war is. Yeah, it's all it's all highly fictional and war is more complicated and sometimes more convoluted than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's it it also would be interesting to see a first blood type of war movie today, because I think in addition to movies, not video games also occupy a space where it makes war seem like it's cool, even though uh I guess story-wise, they try to address some of the problems, but right. I mean, it's a video. It's a first-person shooter, so like <laughs> exactly. maybe no, like, like only only me <laughs> that plays it for the story. <laughs> no, you're not the only one. Yeah. You're not the only one. No, I, I play for the I play for the story as well. You know, it's, it can get very compelling. Yeah. At sometimes, you know, with like the multiple Call of Duty. That, Call of Duty games that are released pretty much every single year. Yeah. Some storylines are actually compelling, and you feel for all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there was one video game that kind of addressed like the fucked up nature of fighting a war. Uh, Spec Ops: The Line. Yes, I was. Oh, that's such a great game. Yeah. That is. It's basically Apocalypse like... Now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it really is because there's a level where you're kind of forced to use a an Agent Orangish uh, device. Yeah, you get you, you and, have to shoot like white phosphorus at what you think is an enemy base because like you, you all all you can see on the infrared is just like military convoy like uh, like armored Humvees and shit and like right they're it's shooting like, little, like, at, white at you dots. and like. You see people running, but then you just say, oh, it's 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 like soldiers retreating. Right. But like when they finally get there and the guy's all like gung ho about it, he's like, all right, let's fucking do this. But when you finally get down there and see the extent of the damage that you caused and realize you just pretty much killed mostly innocent women and children. It's like, holy shit. What the fuck did we just do? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, didn't I like shy away from that either. That was a that no, was a really cool thing. It doesn't shy away from that. I've liked for forward thinking movies like that. Uh, not well, I guess get games. Yeah. Well, I get you're getting to the point right now where some video games can be considered like you know feature length movies. Hell, they're getting the budget of feature length movies. And the actors. Um... Yeah, um, you know this new Hideo Kojima game has Norman Reedus, uh, Leia Seydoux, uh, Lindsay Wagner, um, 
Mass Mickelson and Guillermo mm-hmm. del Toro for some reason. <laughs> In the latest Hideo Kojima game? Yeah. Um, Death Stranding. <laughs> Death Stranding? Yeah. It's, it's it, you know, like Hideo Kojima is like one of those guys where he's watched too many movies and like he's, he's, he's stayed up too late and like read too many conspiracy theories. So, yeah. No, you, you know who he is? You know who he is? He's um, he's Tarantino. He's like he the Tarantino is. of video games. He is. He's he's like a weird Japanese Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do you think so many of his video games are like incredibly self-aware, like yeah. the Metal Gear Solid series? Oh yeah, I actually hate like when Metal when Metal Gear Solid Two came out. I actually hated that one because it was like, yeah, man, what the fuck is this? Like, it's too it's too brainy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a weird one. Yeah. Uh, that was a weird one. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the one where, uh, you know, uh, you know, like it's like your dead brother is in the arm of another man. It's, that's not it, is it? Yeah, that one is. Oh, it is? What the uh, fuck? Part of it. Par- partially, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, there's also a guy who is like, maybe kind of but probably is a vampire and then there's you know the whole ending section of the game where like uh the colonel tells you to like raiden uh shut off the video game turn off the console and it's like what shit (laughs) it's (laughs) (laughs) self-aware well to be fair the first game was also incredibly self-aware they had that villain who could literally look into your memory drive and see what other games (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and see what other games you were playing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah, I was playing, like, another Konami game, and it was like, oh, you like... They said, the, like, he said the video game title. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, you know, you seem to like uh, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. It's like, but what? How could you possibly know that? Yeah. And the way to beat him is, like, you plug in the controller to the second slot. <laughs> yes! Yes! Exactly! That was... That was so weird. It's like... It's like, move your controller into, you know, the second slot. Port number two. Yeah. Um, yeah, one more thing about Metal Gear Solid is, like, one of the, uh, like, things that they tell you in the game is, like, uh, to get the um to get the code for one of the characters you're supposed to talk to you're supposed to look at the actual physical cd case of the game itself in the real world to get the code now i spent probably like half an hour inside the game is like what what cd case like did i not pick this object up in the game and then like my brother like showed the picture of like the cd case to me and i'm like are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, Kojima, you're a fucking evil genius. He really is. <laughs> and that that's stranding. We'll uh we'll see what happens when it's eventually released, although knowing Kojima, we probably won't get it until like twenty twenty two or something. Yeah. 
Um, well, it's been it's been two years since it was announced, and they've only just had video game footage in at E3. So, yeah. Wow. Steve seems like a far way off. Uh, yeah, because they tried doing a uh, Silent Hills, also with Norma Reedus. Yeah. But and that that, that got canceled. Yeah, because Konami hates making money now. Yeah, they do. Like, what happened to you, Konami? No, you were the premier video game company in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I still remember the, the cheat code. And I try to do it like whenever I play any other Konami game, see if it still works. Oh, the Konami code, yeah. yeah. Um, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. Start. Yep. Yeah. You had to put that in to, to play Contra, which... Um, the the main characters, uh, basically, uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And you're just going around. I think they obviously took inspiration from, like, Rambo 3 oh, or yeah. something, where the guy's just, yeah. like, flipping around, just, like, constantly shooting uh, a machine gun. Mm-hmm. It's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, let's go back to Rambo. Um, yes, let's get back to Rambo. So yeah, you've already said, you know, they're torturing him at the station, triggering PTSD flashbacks. And when they start to, they're about to dry shave him, he fights back. Yeah. Like, you know, he incapacitates all the cops and leaves the station and starts running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's in the woods and then um, they eventually find out that Rambo is a was a green beret and he had a medal of honor for his service but um the asshole cops uh continue to antagonize rambo uh-huh no and like there's a guy who's in a uh, who's in a helicopter like i think it's the chief look the chief of police of that small town mm-hmm. uh he'd see he's a, He's in a helicopter and like defying all orders. He like defying all conventional logic. He orders all of his guys to use lethal force. He's literally firing at him while sitting in a helicopter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the helicopter guy, um, shoots Rambo, but, um, he jumps off and uh, into a tree, and then uh, he throws rocks at the helicopter, and eventually, like it hits the windshield, and then the pilot like jerks, and the guy in the helicopter falls out and uh, dies. Uh huh. No, he does. He does, which is when you watch it, it's a pretty cool moment, but at the same time, you're like. Oh shit! It's like now, now he's actually a wanted man because he inadvertently killed somebody. He's trying to tell everyone, like you know, like it was a, it was an accident. Like I didn't mean yeah. this to happen, but but they don't care. They start open firing on him anyways, mm-hmm. and they obviously pursue him into that uh into that wooded area, and eventually he picks them off one by one using obviously non-lethal force until Sheriff Teasel was the only one that's left. And then there's an infamous moment that 
people have seen a million times where he he catches up with him, puts a knife knife up to his throat, and he just says, like, don't push it. Don't push it or I'll give you a war you won't believe. Yeah. Um Yeah. The guy falling out of the helicopter. Um technically that's the only person he directly kills or indirectly kills, I guess. Right. Um and yeah, he takes down the rest of the people on the search uh, non-lethally. And uh-huh. he even gives, you know, Teasel the opportunity to back off. But he doesn't. He's that stubborn. Well, yeah. I guess knowing Brian, I guess knowing Brian Dennehy, then he is an actor. He's always been very stubborn. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the sheriff, Teasel, uh, presses the issue um, and calls in state police and National Guard to assist. But um, in the meantime, uh, Colonel Trotman also arrives. That's right. His old, uh, his old friend and mentor, his commanding officer from Vietnam. Yeah. And he, try- he tries to lure him out. By uh, addressing addressing Rambo by his old uh, military name and calling in the other members of calling the other members of his squad, which works. It actually works. He actually responds, but he responds by saying, "You know, they're all gone." Yeah, sir. He's like, "They're all gone," and you know, Troutman tries to reason with him, saying, "Like, you know, like come in right now. We promise you won't get." You get harmed, but then he just responds, they drew first blood, sir. They drew first blood. Yeah. And it, and also, like, Colonel Trotman tries every opportunity to convince the cops, like, you, like, hey, like, if you, you still want to capture Rambo, you can still, you, 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 you could still probably do it, but just, like, give him, give him some, give him some space for now so he can, like, calm down and he can be re- recaptured more safely later but mm-hmm. um confident with you know all this backup from state police and national guard uh the sheriff refuses and, and yeah i know because he figures that like at 200 to 1 you know he's got him backed into a corner that you know he can't possibly you know get out of but what troutman keeps telling everyone it's like you have no idea what this man is capable of yeah. Is can you imagine it's like you know being outnumbered 200 to 1 and it's the one guy who has the advantage over all of them? Yeah. It's um it's basically the sheriff and like the National Guard um they're fighting against a video game character. Uh, pretty much just like a <laughs> No, but not just any video game character. A video game character that's on God mode. Yeah. He's, he's fighting like a Grand Theft Auto character. <laughs> Pretty much. Or like um, or like a Saints Row character. Yeah. <laughs> Let's imagine like Rambo beating a sheriff to death with a dildo bat. Oh, gee. Or a dubstep gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or like Saints it's Row a, 4 where he has like Matrix powers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he's dead. How did it happen? Uh, well, uh, the guy uh, shot at him. Uh, he uh, 
arches back, kind of like how uh, he did in that movie, The Matrix, and he just uh, killed them. <laughs> so imagine having to explain that yeah. to people if you're not in the video game. It's like, how did it happen? Um, he was murdered by dubstep, sir. What? Dubstep. Yeah, or or being killed with with like the Matrix crane kick, <laughs> <laughs> just like oh yeah, that Matrix crane kick that everybody and their mother decided to parody. Yeah, after that, <laughs> hey, it looks cool, man. <laughs> no, no, it looks incredibly cool. It was cool like the first couple of times I saw it, but when it was like when it was like every other movie like had to do that. Oh yeah. Afterwards, like it's like I get why you know, uh, I get why you know, scary movie had to do that. Of course, they were parodying the Matrix. It came out one year afterwards. But movies like you know, uh, like Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, or uh, like The Perfect Score, or movies like that that would use it all the damn time. It's like, really? Like really? You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna bury this joke? You're gonna just you know? shove it into the ground and leave it to die with all the Keanu uh, woe memes. Yeah. Well, that's a risk when you, when you create something so memorable, it'll, it'll just be parodied to hell and back. Oh no. Fuck. Yeah. So Rambo eventually gets cornered right uh, at this abandoned mm-hmm. mine. And yeah, as insane as it is, the National Guard uses a law rocket and destroys <laughs> the mine entrance. <laughs> yeah, you, you can like, imagine like if this happened in real life. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one can only imagine. One can only imagine, but it's <laughs> this is seriously like straight out of a video game or something. And it's like, oh, by the way, you know. Uh, uh, good job, National Guard. You now put uh, hundreds of people out of work because you just destroyed the mine. Yeah. Um, but of course, Rambo survives. Um, of course. And that was a, plan. That yeah. was plan A. I I hate to figure out what plan B was. <laughs> yeah. Um, he gets out. He finds a supply truck, um, and then he takes uh, M sixty. Um. And then, of course, he blows up the gas station and kills the power in the town and uh, destroys a gun store near the police station. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, Sheriff Teasel is on the roof of the station um, and the two briefly have a gunfight. But, um, Teasel gets shot and he falls through the roof Um Rambo's ready to kill him, but um, Colonel Trotman manages to intervene and says, "Like, if he doesn't surrender, he'll he'll be shot." And the end of the movie is basically Rambo breaking down in front of his commanding officer, like talking about all the bad shit that happened to him in Vietnam and when he returned home. Yeah, and for people who say you know that Stallone can't act, you know, I implore people to watch that scene where he finally has that 
both physical and mental breakdown after one so many years uh, away from his time in Vietnam and two coming to the realization that all his friends are actually gone and he's literally backed into a corner with nothing left to do. It's one of the most emotional scenes I've ever seen in any movie. And I have to give Stallone credit for being able to summon up, summon the, uh, the emotional, uh, drive to perform that. Yeah. And it's a really impressive scene too. Um, it's just really like, I don't think I've seen, um, any other war movie where like the main character breaks down like that and like just submits like he's done a lot of fucked up shit like he's experienced a lot of fucked up shit and mm-hmm. um yeah like it takes a toll on your psyche exactly i feel like they were able to use that in a movie like a movie like platoon though which you know, which details uh, Oliver Stone's uh, own uh, own time in uh, in Vietnam. Mm. Him basically, you know, his life being played out by the Charlie Sheen character. Yeah. But in a movie like Forrest Gump, it's almost considered comical. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's like, you know, like, yeah, this guy, like, you know, he... Uh, it's like he went to Vietnam, he got shot in the ass, and he says like the best part of being of getting shot in the buttocks was the free ice cream. Yeah. Or, you know, the whole Lieutenant Dan character where um Yeah. Clearly there's something going on with him, but it it just not addressed. <laughs> right. Um but eventually he got oh, you got astronaut legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> oh my god ironic considering that both of them would work on Apollo 13 the next year yeah <laughs> yeah I think also in the Forrest Gump sequel he uh, goes to space with a monkey yeah I, I think so um, <laughs> yeah I'm glad uh <laughs> Forrest Gump didn't have a sequel. <laughs> oh, thank God! No, uh, apparently the uh, the original author of uh, of Forrest Gump was like so uh, like ashamed by it that in the uh, the sequel book, he uh, the one of the first lines he wrote was uh, like if someone if someone comes by and offers to make a movie based on your life, don't let them do it. <laughs> man yeah yeah but no it's still a it's still a great film first blood and I feel like we I, I feel like it's not talked about as much because you know, the films that came after it. Yeah. Which is weird, I guess, because I think this still has, like, the best reception from the critics. 
compared oh, to yeah. all the other Rambo movies. Absolutely. It's got a 88% on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is I think the highest of the of all four films. Soon yeah, to be out. Yeah, soon to be five films. Yeah. Actually, because there's another one coming out. Um Among the other accolades, um, in a 2011 article for Blade magazine by Mike Carter, credit is given to Morrell and the Rambo franchise for revitalizing the cutlery industry in the 80s due to the presence of the Jimmy Lyle and Gil Hibben knives used in the films. In 2003, Blade magazine gave Morrell an industry achievement award for having helped to make it possible. Yeah, that's... Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So they just, just like, what? They, they just saw like a Rambo with a Bowie knife and like, oh yeah, this is cool. <laughs> sure, I guess. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Apparently, there's a Bollywood remake of First Blood. That it, that sounds incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, it's set to come out this year, actually. Hmm. Uh, and it's part of a part of a deal with the Original Entertainment, a Stallone's company. Mm-hmm. Part of a five-picture deal with Millennium Films to produce Bollywood remakes of First Blood, The Expendables, 16 Blocks, 88 Minutes, and Brooklyn's Finest. Uh, well, besides the first two, that's like a that's like a movie list of, huh? What movie was that again? I, I'm confused. Like, why? <laughs> Why? Why? I I don't know. Stallone, it's Sly, what's what's going on? What's going on, man? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he had two, maybe he had a. I don't know. Maybe he had like too many shots to the head. Uh, maybe the uh, maybe the Botox is finally. Uh, the botulism is seeped to his brain. <laughs> the botulism is seeped to his brain. <laughs> Maybe he's taken more than enough steroids. I'm 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 sorry, Sly. Could you repeat that, please? Just get this guy a picture deal. Give him more money. You 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 say you want more money? You you already you you have enough. Right? You you have two successful film front franchises. You know, I don't think yeah. you need any more money. Yeah, the <laughs> man. I, I guess I would see it, but also I would rather not see it if possible. <laughs> oh like, my god! It's just like just how Bollywood is this movie gonna be? I, I don't know. Do I? I don't think I even want to know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, but apparently um, Stallone's all for it. Uh, it's, well, 
Yeah, he gave the license for it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's like... <laughs> it says, getting a message from Sylvester Stallone about a Bollywood Rambo remake was like an endorsement from God. Oh, uh, Sid, <laughs> oh and Sid, Sid, Sid Anand, uh, I think he's the producer, uh-huh. told fans that there would be none of the singing and dancing often associated with, with Bollywood, however... Mm. Then are you really making a Bollywood rock uh, Rambo? If that's I don't case? know. Are they making it more like uh, they make it more like an Amitabh Bachchan movie? Because that had yeah. singing and dancing in it. <laughs> There's a uh, fuck. What is that? There's a um. I don't know what it was called. I think on YouTube it's just called Indian Terminator. And it's just the most insane, like, action movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all oh, the listeners God. out there, just just go try to just go try to look this stuff up. It's um it's a wild <laughs> it's a wild world out there. It's called the uh, Entiran. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Look at the damn poster. Yeah. For it. Look at the damn poster. For Entiran. E N T H I R A N. Yeah. I think there was also another thing. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was called Indian Transformers or something, but um <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh no! It is. It is. It is Indian Terminator. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you if you click the clip called uh, "Best Bollywood Action Scene Ever," Endiron, Indian Terminator. Yeah. It's nine. I mean, it's... it's nine ten minutes of pure joy. <laughs> but it's got some heavy hitters in there. Oh yeah. You know. It... It has a Aishwarya Rai uh-huh. in it, or now Aishwarya Rai Bachchan. Yeah. Uh, A.R. Rahman, who did the music for Slumdog Millionaire, mm-hmm. or who won the Oscar for Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. He does the music. I mean, you know, the main character is Rajnikant. Rajnikant. Yeah. So <laughs> it's incredible. Mm hmm. So yeah, first blood, first first blood Bollywood remake coming soon. Uh, I really hope there's some singing and dancing. Otherwise, um, <laughs> did you even make a Bollywood movie? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, but apparently the director said, like, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't do that to that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> although now I'm hoping that they're singing and dancing right now because... <laughs> um, because that would be just... That would just be mwah, perfect. Yeah. Well, First Blood had, like, the... The, the kind of like vaguely Oscar bait song, right? Yeah. 
uh, fuck, what's it called? Uh, it's a long road or a long road or something like that. And yeah. um, I believe uh, the second Rambo also had a, like a theme song as well. Of course. Are you sure that theme song wasn't America? Fuck yeah. No, no. I I think it was also like subdued. It wasn't like gung-ho, like I'm a real American type shit. Well, like the whole Hogan deep song? Mm. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, a a series that started off with great intentions became one of the most convoluted ever. Yeah. I, uh, so the movie originally had a different ending. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and also the book uh, had a different ending. Uh, it did. So the First Blood novel uh, ended with uh, the death of Rambo, who actually has no first name in the novel. I have just learned. Um and yeah, uh, Rambo ends up succumbing to his wound, um, which I guess is uh, um, more of a. It says here like Rambo dies satisfied that he has come to a fitting end. Right, that he's now able to join his uh, former. Uh... Like former brothers from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But, yeah, in the film, there's an alternate ending ending where he, uh, where he commits suicide. Mm-hmm. Which probably was a good thing that they changed the ending from that. Yeah, apparently a lot of people were unsatisfied with the ending um the alternate ending no the actual ending yeah yeah they kept commenting on it wait hang on what they say it said a variety called the film a mess and criticized its ending for not providing a proper resolution for the main character i thought it was an okay i thought it was fine yeah me too yeah um, but hey, what did critics back in 1982 know? Yeah. Well, again, I guess they were used to like all the gritty, uh, dirty cop movies and um, the early action movies. So they were right. expecting a lot more gung ho bullshit. I guess they were too enamored with films like uh, like French Connection to truly appreciate. You know, yeah. something like this, which don't get me wrong. French Connection is a great film in its own right, but, you know, it's not first blood. It's not the uh, the cinematic debut of John Rambo. Yeah. Um, and in uh, the book, the difference, too, is that uh, Rambo actually kills a lot more people. Yeah. Um, he kills many of his pursuers in the book, and in early drafts, they had him kill um, 16 people, but 
But in the movie, yeah, he does not directly cause the death of any policeman or a national guardsman. Um, mm. At best, like, the only thing that he's had any role in killing was the guy who fell out of the helicopter. But again, yeah. he antagonized Rambo. He did. Like, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the... A lot of the movie could have been avoided if the cops weren't just a bunch of assholes. Right. No, it's like they get gets in the car. It's like, it's like you got someplace I can eat around here. Well, there's a diner 30 miles up the highway. He's like, is there a law against me having something here? And Teasel's like, yeah, me. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I guess the thing I keep coming back to when I watch this movie recently is that, yeah, it's just like, I think there's like no way this movie can be made in like the post 9-11 America. No, no, I can't. I mean, I would love for somebody to try, but no, you can't make a movie like that nowadays. Yeah, because, you know, it's a it's a movie that really is a deconstruction about like a lot of the stuff that um mainstream american culture uh reveres to some extent right um you know worshiping the troops uh blue lives matter and this is a movie that really you know shows the reality of like how uh vietnam vets were treated like scum uh and even mm-hmm. back then, the cops were just, like, power-tripping, like, motherfuckers. Pretty much, yeah, because yeah, because they owned all the authority and could do pretty much whatever they want with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is really weird that the franchise took a hard, hard right turn with Rambo. <laughs> First Blood Part 2 and Rambo 3. 3 um, and then and John Rambo. Yeah. Um, although I will have to say that I actually do enjoy John Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but um, I guess I don't want to talk too much about the other movies because I feel like um, uh, we should really take uh, Rambo two and three as like one movie because it's two different facets of um, Reagan America, right? Um, just like as a teaser, maybe we're not gonna do it um, the immediate next episode, but um, in the near future. But yeah, First Blood Part two, basically. Uh, Rambo goes back to Nam and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tries to free the POWs, which um, still a very contentious issue on whether how many prisoners, American prisoners of war, are still missing in Vietnam. Uh, right. How many prisoners of war were ever returned, and how many were murdered? And then yeah, and the Hanoi Hilton, as it was. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and um, and Rambo three has my favorite um, ending tag of all time because which um, is uh, it's uh, the film was dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. Ah, 
which yes. of course after 9-11 was changed to the gallant people of Afghanistan <laughs> because who would have ever thought uh, that um, arming militia groups would ever backfire on the United States oh y- yes uh, whoever uh, thought that <clears throat> Reagan <clears throat> sorry is there is there something I think there's something in the air out here it would have been more like you know what would have been even more ironic is if they had like an Osama cameo. Oh my God! Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it's like this is a this is one of our closest allies in Afghanistan fighting against the commies. This is, Osama, is Osama bin, bin Laden. Laden. He's a Saudi prince. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh my God! Can you imagine, Jesus? That would be the best movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess we talked about how um, Rambo and Commando basically inspired Contra, but. In the 2000s, they did come out with uh, Rambo the video game. Oh, no, not the video game. A, which is like a time crisis style game. It's a rail shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a light gun shooter. So, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> it's so, oh, God, it's so bad. They don't even have like a sly... Or anybody come back and record dialogue for it? They just lift the uh, the dialogue from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've played it too, so it's it's incredibly mind numbing. <laughs> well, I feel like it's one of those games where you literally have to like switch your brain off for the entire duration yeah. of the game. Yeah, well, you fire, uh, the controller is an Uzi, and then you, you, you know, you get plopped into scenes from the different Rambo movies, so. Yeah. And, of course, you know, it's the typical rail shooter with the occasional quick time event. Yeah. I mean, if you have, like, 15 minutes to kill, it's fun, but it's no House yeah. of the Dead. <laughs> no, it, it, it's no House of the Dead. It's no... Um... Blood rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Well, I guess it is kind of surprising that there weren't more Rambo games in the, in the 80s and 90s. I guess it, like, I, some I thought there came was. out on Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. We got one that came out in 85 for the uh, ZX Spectrum and Commodore 64. We got one for the Sega Sega Master System. Huh. We got one for we got one for the for NES. Nintendo, yeah. Got another one. Uh, we have a Rambo that came out in uh, two thousand eight. Yeah, that's the one oh, I was wait. talking about. I I played this one before, the yeah, one that yeah. was released in arcades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. That was so much fun. I went to this little uh, when I was studying abroad in London. I went to this little arcade that was right by the Thames. And I would play that game constantly. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. it's like I was like, "Oh shit!" It's like a Rambo game. I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot." Yeah, put some money. It's like, "Holy shit, this is fucking awesome!" <laughs> yeah, 
Um, and of course, because it was in the 1980s, there was a Rambo cartoon. Was there a Rambo cartoon? There was. Really? Rambo, the Force it's... of Freedom. Rambo, the Force of Freedom. Produced wow. by Ruby Spears. <laughs> and um, it ran for a lot longer than you'd expect. Uh, yeah. 65 episodes. God damn. Yeah. That was a weird time period where it's like all these hard R films. You had all these hard R films like Rambo and RoboCop and The Terminator that were also like marketed to kids. Oh, even like Predator had like children's merchandising. Right. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Ruby Spears. Um, you might uh, you might know them for such classics as Thundar the Barbarian, Goldie Golden Action Jack, um, the 83 uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Mr. T cartoon. Um, yes, oh, you no. did not uh, dream that in a, in a fever dream. And right, the, uh, uh... the Centurions. Uh, not to mention uh, the Police Academy animated series and the Mega oh, Man cartoon. They're responsible for the really shitty Mega Man cartoon. Yes. Oh. Fighting Robot, a Mega Man. <laughs> Man. I know. I know. Awful. Yeah. Um, well, it's still better than Captain N and the Game Master. Uh, Captain N the Game Master. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Oh, that was so dumb. Yeah. That was so dumb. <laughs> yeah, folks, uh, your childhood was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> All the things you yeah. thought were cool, they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing to add, just, yeah. Oh, my God. I think I vaguely remember the Pigsburg Pigs. The Pigsburg Pigs? It's what? It's another Ruby Spears abortion. Pigsburg Pigs. Okay. Yeah. Like, for some I, reason, it's, you know, it's like the three little pigs, except modern, I guess. And somehow they have a pet duck. It, yes, because everything was about ducks in the 90s. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I but yeah, let's. Who's whose bright idea was it to create a Rambo cartoon? Really, I mean, really. I don't know. Maybe when you already were... have GI Joe. Exactly. I guess they wanted to create that as kind of like a counter to GI Joe, if you will. Yeah. Um, so the force of freedom obviously has John Rambo and Colonel San Trotman, um, mm -hmm. Edward Turbo Hayes voiced by uncle Phil. Yes. Uh, Catherine Ann Taylor, uh, cat for short white dragon, because of course they need a ninja. Uh, <laughs> TD touchdown uh, Jones Jones and chief, because of course <laughs> they need a native American character. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and they don't even tell us who voiced him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so this is basically a copy 
of G.I. Joe. It is basically a one-to-one copy of uh, G.I. Right. Joe. <laughs> and instead of uh, Cobra, we have Savage. Yeah. Uh, specialist Administrators of Vengeance, Anarchy, and Global Extortion. They're really pushing these acronyms, man. Right. I, I think it was, I thought it was a stretch for uh, for Spectre in the James, the James Bond series, but this yeah. is kind of pushing it. Yeah. Um, General Warhawk. Sergeant Havoc, Gripper, Nomad, Mad Dog, uh, voiced Spike. by uh, Frank Walker. Fred. <laughs> yeah. Fred. <laughs> Fred from Scooby Doo. That's right. <laughs> Which I never made the connection for the longest time. Well, between him and uh, Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. Like Decepticons. Attack. <laughs> okay, gang, let's split up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Starscream, god. you're with me. Star Shaggy Starscream, and Scooby? With... Like, Shaggy and Scooby, you know. <laughs> I I think it's implied that uh you know, I mean obviously now all the newer cartoons, Fred and Daphne are together, but it's it's implied that Fred and Daphne just like they didn't search or anything they just went off they just the fuck. pretty much yeah. <laughs> uh, they left the Velma to do all the work yeah while uh, Shaggy and Scooby uh, got stoned and only accidentally stumbled into whatever they were looking for yeah that was a weird cartoon um, Sco- Scooby Doo yeah yes it's a bunch of like you know, cool kids from the '60s and '70s, and Shaggy's clearly on on hallucinogens all the time. How <laughs> else would he talk to his salt. dog? It's like so, like so, Scoob, look out! Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh wow, Optimus Prime was also in Rambo: The Force of Freedom. He plays Sergeant Havoc. Oh really? Yeah. Peter Cullen. My name is my name is Optimus Prime, and I'm here to take out the force of freedom. <laughs> Man, what the fuck? Yeah, sixty-five episodes. This is a lot more than I expected. So that's enough for syndication. Yeah. Oh um, God. There you go. Uh, Rambo was the first R-rated film property to be given a treatment of a children's cartoon show. So blame this. Yes, I do. I do. Oh, also, uh, it was canceled the very same year that it was uh, released. Uh, That's an insane production schedule. It's basically from September to December is like one episode. Yeah. Like one episode a day. Yeah. A day. Yeah. Jesus. Although the opening narration was done by uh, Don LaFontaine, <laughs> a very famous uh, yeah. voice actor known for the uh, In a World. In a World. <laughs> in a World, where shitty cartoons are forced to copy successful, more successful cartoons, we have Rambo, The Force of Freedom. Yeah. And 
R.I.P. Don LaFontaine, man of a thousand trailers. That's right. Or his nickname, uh, Thunderthroat. <laughs> Which, okay, I'm saying it right now. If you're an up-and-coming porn actor, you should take that name right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that reminds me of this, like, this weird southern rock band that my friend showed me. It's uh, called Alabama Thunder Pussy. <laughs> With a name like that, it doesn't matter if it's any good or not. <laughs> oh my god! I was Alabama. Like, yeah, I'm listening to this. How long? Hang on, Alabama Thunder Pussy. Yeah. And from I think it's got like a Frank Frazetta painting for one of their album covers too. Which one? I don't know. It's just like some super uh, muscular barbarian warrior. Let me see. Kind of like Molly Hatchet, I guess. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, where is it? Open Fire. There you go. Open fire. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What is that? It's like, looks like Conan, the barbarian. Yeah, it's like a Conan ripoff. <laughs> yeah. It's a reference to Thunder Pussy. It's like, <laughs> Good evening, New York. We are Alabama Thunder Pussy. <laughs> that's a kind of dumb name that's, I don't know. That should be in Wayne's World or something. I'm pretty sure they thought about it in Wayne's World, but yeah. it just it couldn't get past the NBC censors. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of shit that's that's cool, man. Just like it's like a teenager's idea of what's awesome, right? Um, you know, like heavy metal slash fantasy artwork on the side of a van. Um, mm-hmm. It's like titties everywhere, a dragon, um, <laughs> thunder pussy. Uh, yeah, all that good shit. All that, <laughs> all that way good shit. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Ah oh, man, that's um yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, um. So yeah, um, I guess that's pretty much it for first blood. Yeah, um, I think I I would be remiss if I did not say that Rambo also inspired a Indonesian ripoff called The Intruder. The Intruder. Yeah, or an Indonesian Pambalasan Rambu, Revenge of Rambu. Who I don't know who that is, but that's yeah. Who is Rambu? No idea. Um, he is a guy called Alex Trambuin, who's played by a New Zealand actor. Alex Trambuin, okay. Yeah. I don't think I've actually seen this movie in full. I've seen clips of it. But, um, it's not The Raid, so it's not, it's not awesome. (laughs) Well, not every movie can be The Raid, okay? Yeah. Not every not every movie can be that fucking epic. Yeah. Um oh yeah, the guy from the raid, um I forgot what his name. Uh 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 Chechap Arif Rahman, I think. He's gonna be in John Wick three. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. 
I'm just waiting for like like an Asian Expendables where it's like the guys from the raid, uh, Ong Bak and Ip Man. The guys, so the guys from the raid, Tony John, Donnie Yen. Yeah. Okay, that would be epic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe bring Jackie Chan back too. And Jet Li. And Jet Li. I, I, I know Jet Li was in the Expendables, but he got limited screen time. Yeah. And Jet Li's never really gone. He's just... No. He's just somewhere off screen until you need him. It pretty much. Because he's Jet Li. He doesn't have time for your bullshit. Yeah. Um, was he in that fucking Great Wall movie? I think he was. Oh, with the Great... Oh, with that stupid Matt Damon movie? Yeah. No, he couldn't have been in that. Jet Li? Yeah. Jet Li was not in The Great Wall. Hang on, let me see this. We can fact check this right now because we live in 2018. Yeah, let's see. Uh, No, it was Andy Lau. Andy Lau, yes. Yeah. Andy Lau also needs to do more martial arts. Yes. Yes, he should. He was in what? Um, fuck, House of Flying Daggers. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And shit, what else? Uh, Damn it, I can't remember. In- Infernal Affairs. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Stephen Chow, dude. Oh, fucking <laughs> Stephen Chow! I love him. Hell yeah, man! Kung Fu Hustle, Shaolin Soccer. Yes. <laughs> a guy who is who can expertly blend, you know, death defying martial arts stunts with hilarious slapstick comedy. Yeah. Yeah, Shaolin soccer was like is it, it blew my mind. <laughs> me, me too. I'm just like what is this? I have no idea what's going on, but I like it. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Rambo also inspired a few other. Um, there, there was something called Son of Rambo, but I don't think I ever saw that. Oh boy, Son of Rambo. Yeah, but it's like Rambo with a W at the end. Oh, like, like Rainbow. Rambo. Like a Rambo, like Ram, like the animal, and bow. (laughs) Clever, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe they just didn't want to piss off Stallone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Wow, it premiered at Sundance. What, First Blood did? No, Son of Rambo. Jeez. It is a coming-of-age story about two schoolboys and their attempts to make an amateur film inspired by First Blood. Oh, so it's like uh, Raiders then. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You've seen that, right? You know, the story of those, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made a, they made a documentary on it. The story of, like, these high school kids that wanted to create a... Wanted to literally recreate shot by shot the events of Raiders of the yeah, Lost Ark. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. 
So there you go, man. Um, there you have it, folks. First Blood. Um, really, it's like um, it's a deconstruction of everything else that came after, and like most of yeah. the '80s action movies. Uh huh. Um, you know, I mean, I guess the gold standard. You know, there's like Commando, um, uh, other shit. Uh, Schwarzenegger's <laughs> in. Oh, um, like a like Predator, Running Man. Yeah. Um, the Chuck Norris films. Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah, like a Missing in Action or yeah. a Delta Force, mm-hmm. which we discussed in our Canon episode. Yeah. It's, you know, um, it's a movie I think people don't appreciate enough. I mean, uh, a lot of people obviously like First Blood, but mm-hmm. just like the 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 whole like anti-war um, aspect of it, or the treatment of uh, Rambo as a three-dimensional character instead of just like, you know, Reagan's kill machine. Pretty much, and no wonder like Reagan would uh, reference Rambo all the time in his uh, in his speeches. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you have it. Uh, final thoughts, Alex. Uh, final thoughts. Um, it's a film that was definitely very ahead of its time, and it's only a shame that it wasn't able to build off that although as a result of that we were able to get movies like platoon and full metal jacket they were, that were able to uh explore some of those concepts further but it basically you know as the 80s progressed and things became like you know bigger and bigger you know it just led to a general dumbing down of characters so instead of the uh you know, the three-dimensional character we see in First Blood, we just see, like, you know, hey, you either die for nothing or live for something. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to another episode of Questions Like This. Uh, my name <laughs> is Aristo. And I'm Alex. And we'll be back. Um, I'm going on vacation next week, so probably be another while for another episode. Yeah, but I'm going yeah. on vacation as well, so yeah. So yeah, um, we'll we'll see you when we see you, folks. Bye. All right. Take care, everyone.